G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. The Christian life has, as a metaphor, sincere milk of the word and strong meat. Strong meat are for those that are maturing. And in today's program, we're going to have a little bit of that strong meat as we dive into 2 Corinthians. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is opening up his heart to share personally and passionately with the Corinthian church and by extension, the church at large, principles of Christian living. And God works in amazing ways. We would say mysterious ways, although they can't be mysterious in that they're written in scripture for anyone to behold. But God's ways clearly are different and higher than ours. His thoughts are the same. Therefore, While we have many people lecturing God of how he should be running his universe, we who read the scriptures and understand that it's God's word for us now and always have listening ears to what the Holy Spirit is saying. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 12, we have a lesson that I can entitle, Life Through Death. Now, you never really appreciate how wonderful light is until you've been plagued with a bit of darkness. And you cannot appreciate the fullness of the life that Jesus gives, because Jesus promises abundant life until you've tasted of death. And when we say death here, we don't mean the physical death. We're talking about death to sin, death to self, death to the world. We die to these things so that we can truly come alive in Christ. In this section of 2 Corinthians, as I said, chapter 4, verses 7 and 12. Paul talks about having this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, what treasure do we as believers have? It's called the light and glory of God. So we contain the light and glory of God in our mortal bodies, which are finite, which have limitations, but at the same time, We are so, how should I say, blessed to have the touch of God on our lives. We call it the anointing, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and other such wonderful descriptions. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, our human bodies. When we get to chapter 5, we're going to see what God has prepared vis-a-vis our bodies. And then Paul goes on to say, because we have this treasure, therefore we have these challenges. Long ago, a revivalist said, and I've quoted before, I believe, that when you pray in the glory 
You're praying in the trouble. And Paul speaks of his troubles, which in many cases are exceptional and extreme, but we all have them to some extent. He says we're hard-pressed on every side, but we can't be crushed. We are perplexed, but we don't despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken because God is always with us. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We are like the diamond. No matter how much you hammer it, it cannot be broken. And so, even despite the catalog of woes, Paul makes this amazing statement in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 4, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. This is, of course, not Christianity 101, but what we're learning is that we are constantly living with a challenge of death, not necessarily just the physical death, but as I said earlier, dying to the world, dying to sin, dying to self. Christian discipleship, as described in Luke 9.23, is a process of self-denial, cross-bearing, and then following Jesus. All of this works in a powerful way. When we die to self, we come alive in Christ. And that if we are under pressure, it brings a release of the anointing, just like the breaking of the alabaster box brings blessing to so many. Yes, 2 Corinthians 4 talks about life through death. We need to read that entire passage to get the full measure. So it's 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 to 12. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. Let's go a little deeper here as we proceed verse by verse in this amazing epistle, which we have entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians. So again, what is this treasure that we have in earthen vessels? As I said earlier, it's the light and the glory of God. Now, the light and the glory of God does some amazing things. First of all, the light chases away all darkness, and the glory of God takes that which is limited, common, decaying, horrible, dying, and makes it life-giving, brilliant, eternal, never to fade away. So basically, the light and glory of God cancel out the darkness and the decadence of this world. And remember, it is contained in what we call earthen vessels, which are our normal physical human bodies. The reason God allows this is so that the excellency of his power may be seen of him and not of us. Somehow, by allowing us to bear the ark, so to speak, the ark of the covenant, remember, and I think it's good to review this, the ark of the covenant represented God's throne and God's presence, particularly on top of the ark, which was called the mercy seat. It's basically a, a, a simple chest that was covered in gold. On top of the chest was the seat of God or throne, and on both sides of that seat were the cherubim, almost like armrests. Inside the ark was 
the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, written by the finger of God in the presence of Moses, and the Aaron's rod that budded, and a pot of manna. So inside were these objects, but on top was the throne of God. So wherever the ark was, it represented God. And God's presence did, at least some of the time, if not all the time, accompany the ark, especially when the cloud covered the tabernacle and the ark and stayed where it was, then Israel stayed put. When the cloud of God's presence lifted, that meant it was time to move on. Something we all need to learn to do, to move on, rather than holding on to things that basically keep us back. We have been given this treasure in earthen vessels, so that when the pressure comes, out comes the light, and out comes the glory of God. It's like putting, pardon the expression, costly toothpaste in a simple tube. Now, you might only see the simple tube, but squeeze it, and out comes this toothpaste. And let's have a little fun here. Let's say it's toothpaste that basically guarantees you will never have a cavity, never have a root canal, never have a wisdom tooth that has to be extracted, never have any of these things. You never have to have a tooth pulled either because sometimes they crack to eating too many hard things. Toothpaste it guarantees all that. It's very costly, but it's found in a simple tube. What happens? Squeeze the tube to get the priceless toothpick. Break the alabaster box to get the costly ointment. That's really what happens here. So that if we're under pressure, it actually brings a brokenness that releases the anointing, the power, and the presence of God within us. So all of this is allowed that the excellency of his power may be from God and not of us. As we looked at Here is a catalog of woes. Chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. It says, we are troubled on every side. And by the way, this is Paul speaking autobiographically. Paul was playing extreme sport and faced many potential injuries. He says, troubled on every side, but not distressed. I call this the big squeeze. We are perplexed, but we don't despair. Friends, It can be that at times of life, even in a Christian life, there is disappointment, but there should not be. It's certainly not in the long term, depression and despair. I realize some Christians have this, and God cares, and God wants to lead you out. Whatever lessons there may be learned here, please learn them. If it's just a matter of faith, that's fine. If it's just getting intercessors to pray for you, by all means do. But whatever the case is, We must never be in despair. How can we despair if God promises to be with us always to the end of the world? So even if we're perplexed, we don't understand what is going on or why, God makes sure we don't despair. I think I could count on one hand how many times I felt despair in my life. And it's not that often, even though we live a life of faith with so many unexpected things that can happen, God promises his presence with us and his peace to guard our hearts and minds. It says we are persecuted, but not forsaken. And by the way, we won't always understand why crazy things happen, but the grace of God is sufficient to see us through. So yes, we're persecuted, but not forsaken. When Christians are persecuted, God is near, not far away. Just remember what Jesus confronted Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Now, Saul of Tarsus, who to us is known as the Apostle Paul, he was a bully. 
He was a zealot. He was full of righteous indignation, as he would call it, because of the newly born Christian church. And he did everything in his power to destroy it, getting letters from the high priests, going into Christian gatherings with Jews in it, having these people arrested and taken to Jerusalem. That's why he was going to Damascus, basically to cause trouble for the church there. Now, even though Paul was attacking Christians, note what Jesus says to him on the Damascus road, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Good question, because though Saul was actually persecuting the early church, when you touch Christ's people, his body, you're touching him. So, we can be cast down but we will not be destroyed. Here we bring in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 4. Always bearing about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Interesting point. Our physical bodies, which will go through a major change when we meet with Jesus, bears the dying of Jesus. And why? Why do we bear the dying of Jesus? These earlier verses talk about the dying of Jesus, hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. Isn't that what Jesus went through? So the apostles went through this as well. And the life of Jesus is made manifest when these things happen for the simple reason that we carry in our bodies, these earthen vessels, the light and glory of God. It's inside of us when we are in trouble, It comes outside of us, and God gets the glory, and actually, we get blessed, too. God uses what I call a series of paradoxes. For example, the last shall be first. You have to serve in order to lead. You have to give in order to receive. You have to die in order to truly live. All these things are God's paradoxes. And remember, because the world has its own set of values— contrary to God. The objectives may be the same, longevity and and blessing and glory, but the means of getting them are earthy. And of course, they may work on a temporal matter, but they totally come unglued in the end, even if you achieve them in this life. Whereas for the believer, all of God's blessings are there for us, but we take a very different route, caring about in the body the dying of Jesus for the simple reason that the life of Jesus may be manifest in us. Again, this is one of God's glorious paradoxes. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 11. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. As I said, Paul is not speaking here about Christianity 101. The living are always delivered over to death. The reason? So that the life of Jesus is manifest in our bodies. As I said earlier, quoting from Luke 9.23, we are called to be disciples of Jesus, not merely believers and church members. Disciples, following Jesus with all of our heart, all of the time. Discipleship is a process of self-denial, cross-bearing, and following the Lord. And that means that our old self, with its selfish ways, carnal good ideas, flawed good works or limited good works or motivation for the good works isn't really good or all these things are put to the lust also of the flesh the lust of the eye and the pride of life put over to death and yes the reason for it why it's so important and vital 
is that the righteous life of Christ takes over. Though it is hard on ego and the flesh, discipleship brings spiritual fruit, liberty, and life. This life of Jesus is manifest in our mortal flesh. Final verse for this lesson. Verse 12, 2 Corinthians 4. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Just as death, all these pressures and trials hit the apostles who suffer so that the life of Jesus may be manifest through them. And when the life of Jesus is manifested through the apostles, it becomes a blessing to the Corinthian church and a blessing to the church at large. So this lesson is called Life Through Death, 2 Corinthians 4, 7-12. What is our lesson for life in all this? When you walk the road of biblical discipleship, the difficulties will leverage you to a life of glorious transformation. I'll repeat that. When you walk the road of biblical discipleship, the difficulties will leverage you into a life of glorious transformation. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education. And thank you for liking our page. Also subscribe to our free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter with articles from the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and also current events in the light of God's Word. You can find it at our homepage. Let's pray. Father, thank you for 2 Corinthians 4, that we learn we are heirs of a great inheritance. We bear this inheritance with us wherever we go. And even when we face difficulties, it doesn't actually destroy us. It puts us in a more powerful place. The glory comes out under pressure. So, Father, help us to see this perspective so that we never despair. We are never perplexed. We are never forsaken. On the contrary, we go from faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.